0: Bibles today, Exodus chapter 3, and I'm also going to read in the New Testament from John chapter 8, so a little lengthy reading this morning from Exodus 3 and John chapter 8. We have guests with us in the house today, CLC, would you let all of our guests know how thankful we are there with us today. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Amen. Amen. Exodus 3. And I'm going to begin with verse number 10 there in Exodus 3 and then John chapter 8. And I'm going to begin with verse number 57 in John chapter 8. Amen. Exodus 3 verse 10, Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God here is speaking to Moses as he is meeting with him and telling him what his next assignment is. Verse 11 And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly this is what God says to him, to Moses, he said, Certainly I will be with thee And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth a people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. John chapter 8 verse 57, then Said the Jews unto him, unto Jesus, now we're in the New Testament. The Jews are saying unto Jesus, thou art not yet 50 years old, and thou hast seen Abraham. Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. By the help of the Lord this morning, I'm going to try to identify who this I am in Scripture. We're going to research a little bit this morning to discover who this I am is. I'm going to preach to you this morning. He's still the great I am. Lord, we need your help this morning. Speak to our hearts. Let your word do what it needs to do in every life and every mind. God, from the one that may be beginning their journey or to the one that has been on this journey for many years, I pray, God, that your word finds its place and fits, God. Lord, I recognize that my task is so broad this morning and my abilities are so weak today, but God, I recognize who you are and what you're able to do through your servant today, and I'm asking that you do just that. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. So a very interesting text. As the Lord deals with Moses And speaks to him from a burning bush and sends him on assignment to go and to lead the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt Moses argued with God it wasn't the only time Moses ever argued with God but Moses argued with God and it was always based on his inabilities to do what God had asked him to do and He pins down the issue of they're not going to believe me. They're not going to trust me. It's always about me not being enough. It was always the humble Moses always saying, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. God can't use me. God can't speak through me. What am I to say to the people that are not going to believe me? And so he goes through all of this series of questioning and says, I I need to know what I'm to say to them. When I tell them that you came to me and you spoke to me, what am I to tell them when they ask what your name is? Now, understand that the name of Jesus was not yet revealed. We're in the Old Testament here. And so when we begin to talk about the God of the Old Testament, we begin to find him identified all through scriptures. And we find him more identified with with what he is doing at the moment we find him as the God of peace the God of hope the God of life the God of healing but we never recognize his name he is Jehovah of the Old Testament he is Jehovah Jireh he is Jehovah Shalom all of these connected with the things that God is doing at the moment he is Jehovah Rafi he and so. When, when asking the question, I uh, would dare to, to, to recommend that perhaps what Moses was saying is identify who you are, meaning give me the remainder of, of the name. I know that it is Jehovah that is speaking to me, but who is it? Speak your name and let me understand who you are at this moment. So do I tell them that it is Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rafi, Jehovah uh, Nitkesu. Who, who, who is it that I tell them that has sent me? Because they always would put what God is doing at the moment in connection with Jehovah. All they knew was Jehovah, but Jehovah's name had not yet been revealed, and so he was only revealed as Jehovah with the word of whatever it is that he was going to do at the moment. And so God then answers Moses and says, I am that I am. Now, a very unusual way of of speaking. Uh, Why would God speak in such a manner? I am that I am. And he of course tells Moses, he says, I'm going to go with you. You're not going alone. You're not going alone. The task I've given you to do, you're not going alone. I, I am going with you and me being with you is going to be assigned to you that the task that I am sending you to do is going, the mission is going to be complete because the sign is simply that I am going to be with you. That's a pretty good sign would you not say? When God calls us and asks us to do a task for Him to say, I'm sending you, I need you, I need your voice, but I'm going with you. Nobody else may know that I'm there, but I'm going to be with you. And that fact of me being with you is going to be a sign. But when you speak to the people, you just simply tell them, I am that I am. Has sent me. Now let's move forward into the New Testament text that I read into your hearing this morning in John chapter 8 when Jesus now is standing before the Jews and they are trying to figure out who he is and of course if you read through the book of John the 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 great thing about John's writing he's the only one of the four gospels that's not one of the synoptic gospels John's primary focus is revealing who Jesus is so if you want to read about who Jesus is you get in the book of John And you began to read the book of John because he had a revelation of who Jesus was. He understood Jesus at a level that nobody else did. It was John who laid his head over uh, on the breast of Jesus. It was John that was close to him. He was one of the three that was closest to him. And so John begins, as a matter of fact, he begins his writing with, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He begins right off the start talking about who Jesus is. And all through, if you look, uh, if if you look all through the book of John, every chapter is dealing with something different that is that is continually pointing toward who Jesus is. Whether he is speaking uh, with the woman at the well and he's talking about water and said, "If you would give me a drink and I give you a drink of living water," he wasn't talking about the natural physical water. He was using the natural and the physical to reveal the spiritual, to reveal who he is, who he was being to them. And so you go all through when you get over to John chapter 8. Of course, you see where even the disciples looked at Jesus and said, how long are you going to be with us until you tell us who you are? And the scripture says, tell us plainly who you are. And he says to them, well, Um, have I not been so long with you that that you didn't know? But he he goes on and he says, well, um, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he says, I and my Father are one. Well, they start to pick up stones and start to stone him because they did not have the revelation. Although John deals with it all through, uh, we understand. We understand. He, he, he resurrected from the grave. He ascended up on high. And so we, we understand all of this, but understand that the Scripture was being uh, laid out. The life was being fulfilled before them. And so in John chapter 8, Jesus is among the Jews. And he, he's talking and he's giving them insight into Abraham. And they looked at him and said, how can you talk about Abraham? Gentry and I were spending some time together this week. And we were talking about ministry and life and preaching and and and. Uh, pastoral leadership and different things of that sort, and and I was sharing with him. I said, "Son, there, there's a certain thing uh, that 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 you must understand, and you you can see more clearly today than maybe you could have uh, ten years ago. But today, you, you're 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 grasping some things and seeing some things because uh, you you may have the knowledge and the understanding, but there is something about life experiences that helps people be able to identify." with you, with where you are and what you're going through. This past week somebody sent a very, very kind letter to my wife and I. and We read that letter and they were talking about uh, what what, uh, my wife has been going through and some of the things that they have been going through in their life. And how that they were so thankful because they saw the humanity. They saw the struggle. They saw what what our family had gone through. And and while they are going through, they understand that we identify in their struggle, in their suffering. And and they see it. And I I was sharing with Gentry. I said, son, there's some things that only comes with time and age and experience in life. Where people begin to see what you have gone through. And, And no matter what you went through when you were younger. Uh, they, there's some things that, that, that just comes with age That it, it's, it's like uh, some of us when we get gray hair understand we can get by with some things now we couldn't have got by with when we were a little younger brother Price used to lie and laugh our late bishop used to laugh and he used to say well I'll say it he said they, what are they going to do throw me out He said, I'm old. If they throw me out, it'll be all right with me. And so he felt like he could just say what he wanted to say. And so understand here that Jesus now has moved into his ministry waiting until he was 30 to fulfill the law to begin his earthly ministry. And now he is among the Jews and he is declaring some things about Abraham and they look at him and said, well, you're not even 50 years old. You certainly did not live in Abraham's day. You're certainly not old enough to know who Abraham uh, was. You, you you don't know about the details of Abraham. How, how can you speak along these lines of Abraham? And Jesus Standing there, looks at them, and he said, He said, I, I say unto you that before Abraham was, uh, I am. He's trying to help them understand as he stood before them as Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. He was saying, I was Jehovah of the Old Testament. Before Abraham came declaring uh, the, the prophecies and the word and the leadership and talking about faith and fathering nations, he said, I was, I am. I was back there. I was then and I still am here. It's not that I'm less now than I was. Was then, or I was more then than I am now. Before Abraham was, I am the great. I am. I, I don't know. Maybe some of you came this morning looking for something that I'm not bringing to you, or uh, maybe you come today. Uh, maybe you're living life looking for things and, and, and searching for things that that you 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 just simply. Um, or, or thinking, you know, uh, maybe maybe I could go here or go there and find what it is I'm looking for. I I, I read a, a little story. Uh, maybe some of you uh, have have been there. My wife and I have. I, I read a story about a minister. His name is Russell Cornwell, and um, many years he preached, uh, traveling across the country, and preached what many people call uh, one of the greatest sermons and. The, the title of the sermon was Acres of Diamonds, and they have put it in book form, and it's been spread all over the country, and many people have, have uh, used it. He tells the story of a man who had a farm, but owning the farm wasn't enough for him. Uh, he wanted to be wealthy. He wanted to be rich, and he wanted to find great wealth in the world. So he decided to sell his farm and to travel around the world in a quest for the greatest treasure that he desired. And he thought if he could sell his farm and go out that he was going to meet people and he was going to have experiences in life. And somewhere he was going to come in contact with something that was going to lead him into great wealth. And so in the meantime, while this man was traveling around the country, the man who bought his farm was out by the river one day preparing to feed his cattle. And when he looked down into the stream, he saw something glistening in the stream. He reached down and he picked up uh, a small, a rugged stone from, from the bottom of, of the feed bucket in which he was rinsing out. And he pulled this shiny stone out to discover that it was a diamond. The one diamond turned out to be one of the most valuable diamonds discovered Uh, and the farm became known as one of America's most famous diamond mines. The original owner was traveling all over the world to find riches, but they were right in his own backyard in Murfreesboro, Arkansas. All that time, he had no idea, all the way up to recent Times in history, people are still going out digging in this mine. Only last year finding one of the largest diamonds ever found in this in the soil that was right on the farm. Instead of him looking for what he had right where he was, he was searching everywhere else for what he thought he wanted. Ladies and gentlemen, you can spend a lifetime looking for things to satisfy you. You can look you can look to the pleasures of this world. You can search for it in finances. You can search for it in the next party. You can look for it in a drug. You can look for it in alcohol. You can look for it in perversion. You can look for it wherever you want to look for it. But I come this morning to tell you that the great I am is what you're really looking for. I know his name this morning and I will identify him as Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. But the greatest thing that you will ever find is available to you this morning. And no matter what you sell and what you go to search for, Jesus is the great I am. Whatever is challenging you today, whatever you're stressed over today, the great I am declares unto you this morning, I am whatever you need me to be. Why would God speak of himself in such a manner when he said, well, what? What is your name? I, I need to know what your name is. I, I, I need. I need to know more. Why did he not say my name is not yet be re, been revealed, but my name will be revealed uh, in in the near future? He didn't say that to Moses. He didn't declare that to Moses. He could have said, uh, you know, my, my name's going to be revealed now. If I had the time this morning, I could go through the scripture and show you where Jesus was pointing to the day that his name was going to be revealed, pointing to the time in which he was going to come, we can go to the prophet Isaiah and read what the prophet Isaiah said about him. He said, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You and I know. We know what that means. We've heard it in every Christmas story since we were little children. Every time they read that scripture and the angel said his name is going to be called Jesus. He's going to be born in the stable in Bethlehem. And of course we know these things. But let's back up before Jesus was ever born. And understand 400 plus 600 plus years before Jesus was ever born. The prophet Isaiah steps to the forefront and begins to pin words. Words of things that had not yet happened, and he wrote it in prophetic anticipation as though it already had happened. He didn't say, uh, now Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there will be a day that uh, a child is going to be born. That's not what Isaiah said. Isaiah said, For unto us a child is born. He's not born yet, but he said, He is born. He's writing in prophetic anticipation what had not yet happened. Was not going to happen for several hundred more years and then eventually he is going to be born but when Isaiah wrote about it Isaiah evidently somehow already knew that the great I am that Moses was already told that was going to to be with him he said you know we may as well just go ahead and say it like it is his name may not yet be revealed but this much we do know unto us a child is born because he coming. He's coming. He's going to be born. He didn't give all the details right there. He didn't say he's going to be born in a manger in Bethlehem just yet. He didn't reveal that just yet. But he said unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government's going to be up on his shoulders. But watch what he said. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Why didn't he just declare what his name was? He said his name's going to be wonderful. His name's going to be counselor. He said his name's going to be the mighty God. Did you catch that? He's talking about the one that's going to be born. A child is going to be born. His name is going to be wonderful counselor. And then he said the mighty God. And then he said the everlasting father. Oh, somebody said that could be very confusing, not confusing, not at all, because he was speaking things that had not yet come to pass as though they already had come to pass. He said, His name is going to be the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the government's going to be upon His shoulders. He goes on and goes on. Well, who was the Father and who could possibly be the Son born? He writes and says, The two is going to be one. Jesus became that everlasting. Everlasting Father, he became the Prince of Peace. He is the name. He is the I am. When he said I am is going to be with you, I came today to tell you that Christ in you, Jesus in you is the same I am of the Old Testament. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Savior of the world. He is whatever you need. If you have a physical need this morning, he said, I am physical healing. If you have an emotional need this morning, he said, I am your counselor. You have a financial need this morning, he said, I am your banker. If you're tired and weary from the weight of the world, he said, I am your strength the great God Almighty declares to you this day that I am everything that you will ever need. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. The name that was never revealed in the Old Testament became revealed in the New Testament. Jesus is not part of God. He was God Almighty. He was God all by himself. He said, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Hebrews said there's not you're not going to you're not going to see anything else when you get to heaven somebody said well i know there's going to be three that i'm going to see when i get to heaven the issue is god is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth so therefore if if god is spirit there is no physical form the holy ghost is the spirit of god it is christ in you there is no physical form It is a spirit embodiment in humanity, but the only physical form in him, Hebrews said, in him and who in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. No other physical form, no other body. The only body was the man Christ Jesus and all the other things are just attributes. The I am, but the only name that stands above every other name is the name of Jesus. Jesus is the great I am. Jesus is the everlasting father. Jesus is the prince of peace. Jesus is our hope of salvation. Nothing's going to surprise Jesus today. Because before Abraham was, he said, I am. Jews didn't understand it. They pick up stones. They're going to kill him. The Bible said, kind of in a sort of way, he just kind of dodged them. He just kind of went into the crowd. I just want you to know today, he's not stressed out over the things you're stressed out over. Other people don't understand who you have working for you. Because he's already been there. Whatever you're going through, he's not surprised for it. He's already been there. He's already ahead of it. Before Abraham was, I am. He already knows the outcome of your sickness. He already knows the things that you're stressed out over. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. My wife has some tests coming up on Wednesday. And we've been a little stressed out over it. I went to God in prayer over it. He said before she ever got to the point of knowing there was going to be a test on Wednesday, I already knew what the outcome of the test was going to be. I already was there. I was before Abraham was. Before you will ever a twinkle in your daddy's eye, I already was there. Before pain ever hit your body, I'm already there. Before the situation ever came into your life, I already, before Abraham was, I am. He sent me this morning to tell somebody before your situation ever got into the mess it's in God was already there he already was working it for your good he was already sorting through things before you ever knew it existed we don't have to stress over it today all we have to do is walk by faith and not by sight and know I'm in the will of God, God's already there he is the great I am I know it sounds cliche for some of you that's been around this a long time, but he didn't say, I, I was. He said, I am. There's some folks here today that maybe has never heard a preacher stand up here and declare this this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and just take my liberty to tell you he it what he didn't say I was God back then. He said I am, meaning I was the what I was there, I still am now. He says there's not just a portion of me then and a portion of me here. I am the same God all through the eons of time. When the same God that spoke the world into existence, it's the same God that washed away your sin and the same God that was with the Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace and the same God that shut the mouths of lions and the same God that's with you today. Same God. Same God, same name. His name's never revealed in the Old Testament. His attributes are revealed in the Old Testament. His glory is revealed in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, the name was given. Nothing today, nothing today gets by Him. Nothing gets by Him. He's already conquered every battle that you're ever going to fight. The Word of God declares He is Alpha and omega. That word alpha is the first letter in the alphabet and omega is the last letter in the alphabet. He is alpha and omega. Or in English, they would have said he is A and he is Z. And he is everything in between. And if you take all the letters in the alphabet, you can form any word that you possibly want to form. And if you hang out with me, I'll make up a few. He is Alpha and Omega. In other words, he he is the beginning of every word and he is the ending of every word. His word declares, I am the first and I am the last. I am which is. I am which was and I am that which is to come. He's saying, I'm a present God, I am the God of history, and I am the coming king. I am not moved but time. He said, I'm right in the middle of where you are now, and the issue is I was still God way back there, and I will still be God when you get out the other side of it. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, which is, which was, and which is to come. If you're searching today, I have a word for you. His name is Jesus, and he knows where you are, and he's right with you in the middle of it all. John chapter 1, I quoted earlier, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 17, I'm just skipping through because of time. Same chapter, same text, same subject. And that Word that John starts talking about in John 1, he says, in that Word was made flesh. You want me to slow it down just a minute for you? For those of you that are deep thinkers? He said, in the beginning was the Word. That Word properly translates in the original text simply means plan. In the beginning was the plan. But in verse 17, He declares, and that same Word, and the plan was made flesh and dwelt among us. I'm not making this up. This is right in the Word of God. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Did you see that? It is all through the Scripture that the God of the Old Testament and Jesus of the New Testament are one. Everywhere it is declaring the glory of God. The Old Testament is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. You see, they didn't know who he was. They pick up stones. and gonna stone him when he said, before Abraham was, I am. They're gonna pick up stones. He just dodged out of the way. He said, you missed it. You didn't get it. You're not gonna understand it. I'm gonna wait and come back to you on another time when you can try to understand it. I want to Tell somebody this morning that the same I am is working in your life today. You don't need more than God in your life, and you don't have less than all of God working in your life. He is all we need, and He is at the mention of His name on sight, on the scene. When you speak the name of Jesus, you've got the great I am of the Old Testament, the one that parted the waters, the one that caused the sun to stand still the one that spoke to the mouths of lions, the same God, his name is Jesus, is working for your good. I won't be much longer. Whatever you need, all through the scripture, Jesus speaks of himself and God of the Old Testament speaks of himself. And he speaks of himself as the I am. He said, I am the great king. I am alive forevermore. I am alpha and omega. He says, I am for you. He said, I am from above. He said, I am God Almighty, he said, I am gracious. I am he that comforteth you. I am he that speaks to you. I am he that liveth and was dead <laughs> and am alive forevermore. Ah, I am he which searcheth the reins of the heart. I am holy. I'm in the midst of Israel. I am married to you. I am meek and lowly in heart. I am merciful. I am almighty God. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the first and the last. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I am the God of thy fathers. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the living bread. I am the Lord. There is none else. I am the Lord your god i am the lord in the midst of the earth i am the lord that doth sanctify thee i am the lord that healeth thee i am the lord that maketh all things i am the lord that smiteth thee that chastises thee i am the lord god of all flesh I am the lord thy god i am the lord god that divideth the sea i am the lord god which leadeth thee by the way that you should go i am the lord god which teaches you to profit to I am the Lord that exercise loving kindness judgment and righteousness. I am the Lord which hallow you. I am the Lord the Holy One. I am the resurrection and the life I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the Son of God I am the true vine I am the way the truth and the life. You want me to keep going today? It's all through the scripture. He said, I am the inheritance. I am the exceeding great reward. I am thy portion. I am thy salvation. I am thy savior. I am thy shield. I am with thee. I am with thee to deliver thee. I am with thee to save thee. I am with you always. Come on, somebody needs to shout the name of Jesus this morning because he says, I am whatever you need, I am. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Give me just a few more minutes. Give me just a few more minutes. I'm I'm watching the time click by, but I want to get to the end of this this morning. David writes in the psalm. He writes poetry. And in poetry, every word has a reason. Every, every word, there is a purpose to every word. Nothing, no word falls by the wayside. David declares in Psalm 18 and 2, he said, the Lord is. I'm just going to let that set in. He said, the Lord is. In other words, you don't have to wait on him to become God in your situation. Here's what he said. He said, the Lord is my rock and he is my fortress and my deliverer And my God and my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, my strong tower. He said, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. The sorrow of death compass me and the floods of ungodly men have made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compass about me. The snares of death have prevented me. In my distress, he said, I will call upon the Lord. And I cried unto my God. He heard me. He didn't have to wait for his prayers to be translated. He didn't have to wait for an angel to come take his prayers and ascend them into heaven at just a certain moment. He said, when I cried, he heard. I spoke, he listened. My voice came out of the temple, and my cry came out before him, even to his ears. He said, when I prayed that kind of prayer, the earth shook, and he said, everything that I prayed reached up and touched heaven. And then he declares how God came down in the midst and thunders the heavens. Heavens. and he said he delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me he said those that had prevented me in that day they no longer can prevent me he said he brought me forth he said the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness according to the, to the cleanness of my hands he recompensed me I gotta move quickly today but David declared when I saw what you had done for me it caused me to respond with a Certain action. He said, For by thee I have ran through a troop, and by my God I have leapt over a wall. God's response to our cry ought to create an unusual response in our worship, in our praise, and in our faith doesn't matter what you walked in these doors carrying this morning, how heavy the load is, how much you're under it. I came today to reveal unto you that Jesus is the answer. He is still the great I am. Whatever it is, whatever ails you, whatever frustrates you, whatever you struggle with, he is. I'll take a little time and just clap your hands to the Lord today. You don't have to wait until you get to the end of your situation before God shows up. Because what I've declared to you this morning is the way that he wrote about himself, the way he moved. Understand, holy men wrote as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. So the whole scripture is inspired. It is the inspired word of God. And so when he reveals himself and the holy men of old wrote as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost, all through the scripture, the weave, the thread, all through the scripture is declaring that God was God then, he is God now, and he will be God. So what I'm telling you today is wherever you are in life, God is right there. Well if he would have come earlier my brother would not have died Martha you don't know what you're talking about today you you've missed it i i, I know you think that i'm a god that could raise the dead Then that I could have kept him from dying. They found themselves at the tomb of Lazarus. But I come this morning to tell you, he looked at them and said, if you really understood, if you really really understood what I'm able to do. She said, oh, no, no, no. I know you're going to resurrect him there. She said, you see, if you would have been there in the past, my brother wouldn't have died. She said, And I know that you're going to resurrect him on the resurrection day. But I'm hurting right here in the middle. He says, Martha, I am the resurrection. Not then, not there. Now, now, right here, right where I am, I came with a word for somebody today. I am the healer. That's what he said. Not me, him. He says, I am the healer. I am the relationship mender. I am the broken heart mender. I am the way. He said, right where you are, that's where I am. I am. wherever you are today he's saying that's me and that's right where i am it's easy for us to read about all that he did through the eons of time and it's easy for us to have faith about what he's going to do but what about right now i think the writer had it right when he said He's an on-time God. I, I just this morning, if somehow I could just help you understand, you think God missed, but he didn't miss. You think he forgot you, but he didn't forget you. You you think, well, if he would have done it on my time, but he doesn't see in your time. A day with God is like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. We 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 speak in this This little barrier of time and God's looking and he's like, no, Martha, Martha, Martha. If you understood that I am the resurrection. Yes, I could have kept him from dying and yes, I will resurrect him in the end. But I am. I can bring life back now. I can bring hope to you now. If you're in this room this morning. And you've been battling, you've been struggling, and you're wondering, I don't really know what I need to do. I'm just going to simply try to make this as simple as I possibly can. You need Jesus. And what I preached this morning, he's a very present help in time of need. I've tried to preach the Old Testament and the New Testament, bring it together all in Jesus Christ and help you understand today that no matter where you are, no matter if you think you're ahead of God or behind God, God's ahead of you or behind you, I came today to tell you that you and God have met today right here on purpose. On purpose. Right here. God's designed it. And whatever excuse you come up with and say, I got all these excuses that's what Moses did too he said they won't believe me he said I'm I'm not a man of great speech he argued with God he made all sorts of he said who am I he argued with God and God just finally said shh stop talking all you need to know is I am I am if you say that everything else is going to be okay He says, and oh, by the way, I am with you. This morning, regardless what you came in carrying, regardless what you're feeling, if you know this morning that you need God, he's right here. And if you have the courage to walk to the front of this room this morning, walking to the front of the room is just tradition. It's nothing biblical. It's just what we do here. We walk to the front of this room. But what you do when you get here is up to you. You can come and just stand here this morning or you can walk to the front of this room. And you can lift your hands as a sign to surrender unto the Lord and just say, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. All of my fears, all my worries, all my doubts, all my past, I'm giving up. And if you'll open your mouth and confess your sins unto him and tell him, God, I need you. I can't make it on my own. If you will begin to repent of those sins and begin to declare, God, I need a life change. I need a mind change. God, I want to start over afresh and anew. The Bible said he's faithful and just to forgive you. Not tomorrow, but right now. We have water. We'll baptize you this morning. Our ministers are ready. Towels are ready. We've got clothes for you to change into, even to be baptized if you make that decision this morning. and We're going to baptize you in the lovely name of Jesus. And here's what happens when you go down in water baptism in the name of Jesus. It's more than just a public confession. While it is a public confession, there is much more that happens when you go down in water and we call on the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus washes away sin. Everything in the past is gone behind you and all things are made new. Your sins are remitted. They're removed. You come out of the water clean, and there is a promise that is the infilling of the Holy Ghost that belongs to you, and it is a promise from God, and he will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you will walk out of here with a brand being a brand-new creature in Christ Jesus. If you believe that this morning, put your hands together and magnify the Lord with a shout today. If you're glad he's saved you, if you're in this room and you've had that experience, you ought to get on your feet. You ought to pray. Praise Him this morning. You ought to worship Him this morning for He's a good God. Everybody in the building ought to stand and just thank the Lord this morning. He's in the house. He's a very present God. They're going to sing. I open these altars. I invite you, join me here in the front of the room right now. Bring your needs to Him this morning. He's very present. He's on location. He's here for you. Open your mouth, talk to the oh, Lord.
1: The name of Jesus.
0: Let your soul Jesus. cry to him.